You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What action going back and forth? Got an ass like an amphitheater. It begins with a U. It ends with an A. There's a meal on this show there. Monday Night Raw. to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review whilst the other Cultaholic lads are decking the halls with Hardcore Holly. We are here via our Ico-Prow-powered DeLoreorian decking the halls with Thurman Plug. And who be we? I be fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, the reigning and defending Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell. I'm joined by the bear in the big blue barcade. He is the head pen of Cultaholic. If you bought him a pencil at the Black Friday sale, he's going to shove it up your duper. Don't need it. He's a pen, and he gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry, and he is from off of America. How's it going, Full Sail Hero? Hey, hey don't you forget about me. <laughs> I am proud to be now officially an NXT roster member. I... Report to the Performance Center next week, and we go from there. I ask everybody out there who's listening, what is Tom's NXT name going to be? Because <laughs> you can't two Toms. There's already, there's already a, you know, a Tom, what's his face? The commentator, Tom. Phillips. Oh, Tom Phillips, that's right. Tom Phillips is already a Tom Phillips. So he needs a new name. What are the... has to have some sort of some sort of uncommon first name that you have to give him so he stands out like Liam or, uh, I don't, I don't know, Rutger. Sizzle Monty Jig. My NXT username <laughs> is Sizzle Monty Jig. It's, it's appropriately daft. Um, how about we call you Monty Sizzle? Oh, Monty Sizzle. I am down for being Monty Sizzle. Uh, what can yours be when you eventually get called up as well? Can you be Erwin <laughs> Flabberdag? Irwin, was this Mad Magazine from 1957? <laughs> it's basically what Vincent Mann uses for material, so yes. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, it's, well, that can't be the case because it's still funny, Mad Magazine from the old days. Oh! But, uh, you saying Vince McMahon's not funny? No. Are you saying that Vince McMahon has lost his edge? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> he, I see. He, he, like, he lost his edge and he lost his Christian. Hey! Oh, mate, we are literally minutes into the show. We are already cooking on all four cylinders. So if this is the first time that you've heard myself and his self uh, here on the podcast, this is where we go back in time. And we have been watching consecutively every single episode of Monday Night Raw from its inception until our demise, which should be next year for me, another 30 years for Justin. Uh, Justin, this week, whereabouts... Wait, 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 wait. Yes. I'm going to die at 66. Yeah, it's all right. It's good innings, that. Well, I mean, if it, if it was like 150 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, oh, hey, you I'm, are I'm so be elderly, but... You've got half of your life still left to leave. I die next year. Well, I'm going to miss you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> That's any consolation. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss me too. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to be so funny if I actually die next year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be laughing. <laughs> Will you promise me that you'll just put out a video of you just laughing? Yes. Thanks, mate. That's my dying wish. My only dying wish. Uh, and with, <laughs> with no context other than Tom's dead in the caption. 
and I, and I don't want you to write. I don't want you to comment back to anybody. I want you just to accept everybody coming at you because <laughs> that's what I would want. Tom Low Standards Campbell. <laughs> I need you to change my Twitter hashtag to that, my profile to that as well. I'll give you the login just before I die. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I need to change my Twitter name to Tom is dead lol. <laughs> well, speaking of lols, this whole show ends up being a massive lol here because of some real life circumstances that perhaps if you pulled the Observer up, you may know about already. Uh, I know a couple, but there is nothing that you have suggested there that suggests that that uh, caught my eye in the Observer. But I'm sure uh, if I go through some of the notes I've got from the Observer from this year, uh, from this particular show, mm-hmm. then I'm sure you'll enlighten me. But first of all, will you uh, humour us with the with the where and the when we are this week, Justin? Well, it is Monday, May the sixteenth, nineteen ninety four. This episode was taped. Uh, 20 days earlier on April 26th in Burlington, Vermont. We are still there. I'll be at the end of the taping. So this is the last and run it, before we get some fresh shows next week. Oh, yes. And by the time we get to the fresh shows, pretty much the entirety of this show will be completely irrelevant. Oh, excellent. I am excited. Uh, from the Observer, this- some of the notes that I picked up, Justin will, uh, Justin's picked something up as well, I do believe. I don't think I've got in mine. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to that shortly. Um, in the, on the other side of the water, uh, Slamboree's in a bit of a mess in WCW. Mm. Uh, we got just a couple of days before we get there, and uh, not only uh, is Barry Windham in doubt for the WCW title match, Terry Funk is on standby to possibly pull double duty, uh, but Rick Rude is in doubt for his match for the international title against Vader following uh, a number of injuries suffered uh, whilst... Uh, on the road for Dub C Dub. It looks like there's potential that Rick Rude could, quote, sit out for a lengthy period of time and collect Lloyds of London disability. In fact, he never wrestled again. Wowzers. There you go. Also, uh, the the WWF's Japan shows have finished up and they were, and I quote, a major disappointment to those attending on virtually every report. Uh, A real lack of cultural understanding of what the audience wanted. A lot of people came to the shows thinking, okay, we're not going to get like the work rate Japan style of wrestling, but we're going to get flashy lights, big effects and a big production. Didn't get any of that. Just very low key affair by wrestling that people didn't really get. Uh, Jake Roberts faced a snake on the 15th of May in the locker room of a show in Mexico. Jake Roberts was found lying face first on the ground after nearly being choked out by a panicked snake that was wrapped around his neck. There was an attempt backstage to revive him, which obviously was successful, and they had to pour bottles of water over him and the snake to release the snake and wake Jake up. Well, it's like a B-plot from Striptease. It really, really is. So what did you notice from The Observer? Well, I actually went to the one the week afterwards for confirmation because I wasn't sure when Dave talked about this. But uh turns out – well, I won't give it away just yet. I'll, Are you hooking and teasing us? Are you going to hook and tease uh, us? Uh, yes, because somebody on this show who is very prominently featured – is no longer relevant in company canon by the time this aired. Oh my. Okay, well okay, well let us know when we get there what's occurring. I'll be more than happy to. Okay, so talk us through from uh, the final the final run of tapings uh, for this particular run. Uh, we get live stuff presumably next week. Uh, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens when we get there, but uh, talk us through this week's Monday Night Raw, Justin Henry. Well, we begin with this very nice video package hyping up the Sumo match, Yokozuna versus Earthquake, in which Todd Pentengill and the voiceover calls Yoko a one-time Japanese legend. <laughs> Just the one time, no other times. Yes, it was. I guess he killed Rodan or something, and then he just went away. It was a one-hit wonder. Do you feel like this looked like a daytime TV show? Daytime TV show. In the the presentation, if you take away the 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 thudding aggressive music to this, the voiceover, and you just see like pictures of Yoko and Earthquake floating by in rectangles, it does look like the opening of a t of a of a Saturday afternoon TV show, or or not a Saturday (laughs) afternoon, or like a weekday morning TV show. And now Yoko's doing a live. (laughs) Do you know what? Do you know what? I know how this. I know how this goes. Right, John. John, can you? 
in your vid with your best video skills, can you put the the uh, music from this morning with Anne and Nick? Anne and Nick? Anne Diamond? Oh, or, uh, yeah, put the, the theme to the this morning with Richard and Judy. That's better. This morning with Richard and Judy over the top of the Earthquake and Yokozuna promo package. That'd be great. Thank you. Yokozuna is now the host of Aces Up with Lefty Rosenthal. <laughs> oh, mate. One can dream. One can blooming dream. <laughs> so we have a split screen of both men looking very mean, they're very sweaty, and they're very sumo-oriented, so we have a big sumo match tonight. And uh, that may get mentioned a time or two during the course of the show, is that these two have a sumo match. Maybe a time or two it gets mentioned. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm excited for it. It just feels like something very different on the show. Well, it is definitely off the beaten path, and they do hype it to death, which is the contra to today when uh, TLC is nine nights away and we know no matches for it whatsoever. But you realize now that is uh, a thing that Vince McMahon does. That's actually a, a, a creative decision to not hype yes. the pay-per-view. Yes, that's a, it's a great decision. I mean... I, I mean, I love Full Gear, but I would love it even more if Cody hadn't cut that money promo on Chris Jericho. No, I'd rather that match just happened. Yeah, just just throw it out there, you know. I mean, we bought our tickets. Who cares? Exactly. So the sumo match gets plugged by Vincent Savage to start the show. That That is the big deal for this night. Again, nice awkward exchange where Savage goes, I hope he doesn't land on me. And Vince is like, what about me? I was like, you too, brother really long pause. Savage had to think about that for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Savage had this quick date from him wearing Vince's tuxedo and hosting the show and booking himself in matches. (laughs) Up this week, it's Savage versus Savage. I'm back in the run, baby. (laughs) And then a young Jay Lethal got a great idea watching the show. <laughs> we have a Mortal Kombat mirror match. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but we start off with a King of the Ring qualifier. It is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Thurman Plug. His friends call him Sparky. So Thurman Plug to us then. <clears throat> yes. And remember how uh, Randy Savage last week gave some eerily prescient comments about Jim Cornette running his mouth? That are very relevant in 2019. Oh, God. Wasn't that funny? Well, this is even funnier. Because when Bam Bam comes out, he he gets a red lighting scheme. And Savage, Savage complains about being blinded by the red light. <laughs> is he a time traveler at this point? He might be. And it makes me why he hates IRS so much. <laughs> your, your son better not get any ideas. <laughs> He, I don't like the look of this guy. I think his son's going to turn out to be some kind of fiend. (laughs) Your son's really creepy. Which one, Bo? Yeah, but the (laughs) other one's even creepier. (laughs) So, so Plug comes out. His friends call him Sparky, as Vince reminds us. Okay, this match. This match was fine. It was good. It was all right. It's 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 Bam Bam Bigelow doing Bam Bam Bigelow stuff versus a very capable wrestler in Bob Holly. But the commentary during this match. He is wired any savage. <clears throat> Bam Bam has fallen to the floor floor. <laughs> I think because speed was coming out the following month, they got an idea where if Savage's voice drops below a certain decibel, that the ability either the range drop or the building explodes one or the other. <laughs> Was but this, Savage, you, you normally know. Was this taped? Was this was all the comms taped, or was this like in a studio? Commentary is in a studio, mostly live, I believe. Okay. At least day of, because we're getting some topical references to what's going on in the news. So the uh, the ringside wraparounds and, and and bumper bits are. Uh, I mean, those were taped obviously on April twenty six, but the commentary, as Savage would say, it is live. Savage, Savage went nuts for a duck under. See that duck under? I feel like I got double vision. Was a line I seemed to hear him say at one point. More than once he said it, I believe. <laughs> Plug gets like one move at one point, and Savage at, at max decibel, like he's trying to, li- like he's trying to win the radio loudness war, goes. <laughs> 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 
Bruno Machan has put up the yellow caution flag because her mate squeezes in trouble. <laughs> Do you know who you sound like? <laughs> I don't know Is how that... much of a fan you are of Homestar Runner. Uh, Bob's. No, a bit like Bubs, but more like when when Strong Bad was talking was doing bits from the band Limousine. <laughs> the band Limousine. We're in space <laughs> tonight. Get down. <laughs> they released a charity single called "Doing It for the Children's." Yes, we're doing it for the children's. <laughs> That's a great Strong Bad impression. You just snuck in there. Oh, the cheat. <laughs> of course, Strong Bad and Bubs are the same voice, obviously. <laughs> Isn't that right, is Bubs? Is it not all Matt Chapman doing all the voices? Yeah, pretty much. And, of course, there's Coach Z. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Get the gerb. He won't, he won't do the gerb. <laughs> Coach Z on comms would have been even better. Get the gerb done. <laughs> Just have Strong Mad replace uh, Vic Joseph today. You could have had Strong Mad replace Savage at this point. Nobody would have noticed. No, Strong Mad. Oh. Not Strong Bad. <laughs> oh, even... Uh, actually, people might notice that. Carol! I hate Jared! We all hate him, Strong Mad. We all hate him. <laughs> John! The cast of Homestar Runner on commentary for Raw. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Savage may be a little bit cokey here. <laughs> Coke Z, if he you might, will. He might sneeze and there be confectionery sugar everywhere. <laughs> and Vince, because Vince can't be outdone, he's trying to match Savage in powdered intensity. <laughs> yeah, Vince is really going for it this week as well. I think there was a fear that if they didn't sound excited enough, people would change the channel. So they're overdoing it. This is what, this is what you call it, overcompensation. Yeah, they just they just they go far too hell for leather during this. There's a great bit here where, where Plug gets a move and he goes for the cover. What's well, one, two, and he invents the whole Mickey can't count one, two, three, nah, nah. and Savage goes, "You're too excited." <laughs> <laughs> That's Rich. like, it's like Axel Rose telling you you have a drug problem. <laughs> so you come to the finish, learn the trips plug, Bigelow clotheslines him, slingshot splash finishes. So it's Batman versus Razor in the quarterfinals of the King of the Ring tournament. That's fine. I'm good with that. I thought it was a good match. I thought that uh, Bigelow's the right guy to win. Well, of course, we can't have Razor versus Bob Holly in the first round, can we? Exactly. Because <laughs> they're very face versus heel centric at this point. So, so we segue definitely into the King of the Ring report with Todd rocking the hat and the jacket this week. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he looks twice as big a dickhead as he did last week. <laughs> what will he wear next week as oh, part of the outfit? I reckon King of the Ring sunglasses, and he'll have some sort of novelty King of the Ring cigar. With official King of the Ring cocaine. <laughs> hey, I borrowed this from Savage. Give it back! <laughs> Commentate like the stars. <laughs> Some like people stars, write stars. notes. I do cokes. <laughs> I get all the best lines. <laughs> Somebody told Savage to do lines on Raw, and he completely got the wrong idea. That's <laughs> it. Very Scarface this shit at this point. <laughs> so official for the card now is Bret Hart versus Diesel for the heavyweight championship of the world. Only Bret's world titles in the line, not Diesel's intercontinental belt. So this is not the ultimate challenge, unfortunately. Does this feel like the fastest ascent of a of a of a guy since his debut ever? Santino Morella. With the exception of Strozo Santino Morella. <laughs> <laughs> From crowd to champion manga. in two minutes flat. Beating you, manga. <laughs> so William Regal actually did an interview and he explained why he always got Umaga's name wrong. Really? Yeah. He said he did it deliberately. <laughs> because he said he, he, he had to find new ways to stand out in short bursts on wrestling. And he decided <laughs> just to start calling him Umanga. 
Which is funnier, actually. It's actually funny, yeah. It's just the fact he said, oh, I know I got it wrong. I just like to get it wrong. <laughs> you manga! Let's bring it down for a bit. Um, since we brought him up, uh, it's been uh, 10 years this week since Umaga died. I did see this. Uh, I can't I can't believe it's been 10 years. That's crazy. He was really underappreciated in his day. He really was. I'll never forget. It was New Year's Revolution 2006. And it was John Cena versus Umaga. 07. 07. Close I apologize. And uh, it was, and, and I remember, it, I remember it was one of those moments where, as a fan, I was like, I don't understand, I don't know how John Cena can win this because Umaga's undefeated, and he did like it was a DQ or something, wasn't it? Like it wasn't a a fully fledged finish <laughs> until the Rumble, where John Cena used the the ropes to choke him out. And that match of Rumble was a hell of a deal. Yeah, it just felt it just you you genuinely got the vibe <laughs> that they were going to put the belt on Umaga, if uh, Umaga. <laughs> Cena pretty much had to beat him in, into oblivion in order to win that match, which made it perfect because that's how it should be. It's one of those things Ma- where you look great in defeat. Yeah, Umaga's an unkillable monster, and Cena's uh, you know, Superman trying to find a way to beat the Beast. That's, that's how it should have gone. Exactly. I th- I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I love I love the way that they, they built Umaga. Umaga. Uh, yeah, God rest him. Ten years gone. The yeah, point is, Umaga was goddamn awesome. Indeed he was, sir. So we uh, have had the plug for Brett versus Diesel for the world title, and and then Todd has the balls to call Piper versus Lawler a great match. <laughs> <clears throat> what she says, and I'm quoting here, has attracted the attention of the entire world. Has it though? Really? <laughs> How far inside the bubble do you have to be? <laughs> far enough, I think, to see your own backside. Yeah, pretty much. How dare Lawler taunt those kids at the hospital? I wish we had footage of that. <laughs> I wish we had footage of that as well. I feel bad I'm that I had to machines. actually I actually go online and double check something during this feature of the YouTube channel, which is on right now. And uh, I was I'd, uh, the other uh, and just before I watched this, maybe a, just a couple of hours before I watched this, I was writing about Jack Tunney. Furthermore. Mm-hmm. Uh, F is furthermore. No, <laughs> it's not. Um, but um, and and I t- and it was it was all about how like the Tunnies were the Canadian promoters and how they promoted the NWA and WWF in Canada and then they became an exclusive promoter of the WWF in Canada. And so when I saw this thing pop up and it was a Canadian PO box, I thought that's Tunny's office. That's on the take, Tunny. This is this is this is too weird. This is, something screwy is going on here. <laughs> that's the problem with this company you're just so cynical toward everything that you assume everything is you know impure and has to be a ruse of some sort exactly with that in mind john can you uh i want a photoshop of jack tunney uh putting up a sign that says hospital for sick kids honest outside of his office complex <laughs> outside of him Outside of a running truck. <laughs> just, as, just something that... And maybe, maybe Jack Tunney's dressed as a doctor. I'll leave that with you. <laughs> just Tunney being dodgy. Just there's, your, there's your, your pattern to work with. Have fun. Love you, John Hiley. Happy Christmas, John Hiley. We need to get John Hiley a Christmas present, by the way, because he has worked hard all year. Oh, yes, uh, we do. I'll sort of, oh, we're gonna, we'll, we'll do some admin for that after the show. Okie dokie. <laughs> but in the meantime, back to Lawler, uh, uh, taunting those sick kids. A, I wish we had footage of that. And B, if ever that were to happen today, it had to be MJF doing it. Oh, God, absolutely. MJF <laughs> taunting the sick kids is, is, is sadly money. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with this one? <laughs> He's not a fan of MJF. That's, that's the biggest sickness of all. <laughs> Grabs when the kid's crutches, scratches his back with it. <laughs> Is MJF not the best old school heel on the planet right now? He's the best heel, period. Yeah, he's just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. And here's the thing, right? Like, we've talked about how, how Vince McMahon doesn't like announcing matches until, like, the weekend before a pay-per-view. Right? Contrast that with AEW, where, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, I am desperate to watch Cody face MJF. But it's Same. like, but it's not happening. 
and and they're making us wait for it. And like that's yeah. that's that's going to be money when they finally get together for that. Mm-hmm. That will be money. Yeah, it's you know you're promoting individuals. You're not promoting you know the show itself. You're promoting a match between two people who hate each other. <laughs> One guy who has no interest in fighting the other, and I'm and I'm here for it. Well, it goes back to the point of the of the theory that Vince doesn't want anyone to overshadow the company anymore. So everybody's all samey and they all exist within WWE system and they hail WWE. It's like I'm so happy for this opportunity to have to work for WWE. Like no one is like Hogan or Cena or Rock or any of those guys anymore, where they outsize the company altogether. And what do you have? You, know, you have a bunch of guys who who are all the same, and then you're not interested in the shows and it. And they hardly even hype up pay-per-views because it's like, you know, it's like, ah, they're going to buy because it's TLC. They don't care what their matches are. And you wonder why you're in the spot you're in now. Exactly. And is it maybe part of the fear being that, you know, when you, you know, what's, what has got, what have guys like The Rock and John Cena got in common? They've both become big, they were both big stars and they both now left to pursue bigger endeavors. Yeah, but then to catch sort of a double-edged sword, if you don't have those guys and you don't have any stars, it's true. It's very true. We need more stars. Speaking of stars, we have Diesel here. Diesel versus Mike Moraldo. This a- might be my favorite squash match in the history of the show. AKA Ace Darling. That's Ace Darling, really? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't recognize him. Wow. True story. Ace Darling was Ace Darling was in the very first independent match I ever saw live. Who is he facing? Surfer Ray Odyssey. Oh, please tell me it was a full-on surfer gimmick. Yes, it was. He had, had, a, had on a wetsuit, carried a board in it, and he had the gunk on his nose. What was the uh, What was the company? Uh, it was like it was some local outfit that was running a charity show at my high school back in 1998. It was um, maybe like a United Championship Wrestling or something. I know the main event was Jimmy Snooker versus Nikolai Volkov. Oh. Which is like a very New Jersey independent show. That's very well. Fifty percent of it is very Monday Night Raw in nineteen ninety four, which well, we will get to. Indeedy, and also on the show is Rocco Rock versus Dwink the Clown. Oh wow! Yeah. What I year think was Ray this? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think great pleasure knowing that Rocco Rock got changed in the same gym that I've got changed in. <laughs> But anyway, um, these are versus Mike Moraldo. We get a cool shot of the Intercontinental Belt in the entrance tunnel to start out before, before the cameraman pans back. And Savage says the following quote. He could, futuristically speaking, be the next World Wrestling Federation champion. Futuristically speaking. Well, we have established already today that Savage is a time traveler. That is true. I am a traveler of both time and space. <laughs> oh, like a turn back time. <laughs> it's, it's much mirror. Anyway, <laughs> Diesel beats the living crap out of Mike Moraldo in this match. Starts off with a one-handed choke toss, and he does it again. But this time, he throws him over the ropes. That looked that looked horrible. awesome. <laughs> you said awesome, I said horrible. It, it's awesomeable. Awesome. It's butamous. <laughs> it's butamous, which actually is a word I forgot. Yeah, Savage came up with that word. No, actually, it is an actual word. Savage actually used a real word there. Butamous is a real I, word. Yes, look it up. Oh, what? I'm not going to look it up so, I'll get rickrolled. No, nah, I'm, I'm being honest. Oh, all right, all right, whatever. So Diesel continues to smash Ace Mike Moraldo, darling. As Vince lets us know that Sean's not here because he's hanging out with Sylvester Stallone at some housewarming party down in South Beach. Yeah, that was odd. Like, I googled this and there's no footage of it ever happening. Well, that's because that was a a carny cover-up there. Oh. When the show was taped, Sean was testifying in the Charles Austin trial. Mmm. So, yeah, nice little cover there. Ah. So, what, I can't remember if it was Vince or Savage, but when 
They're rattling off celebrities who are at this alleged party. One of them goes, Shaquille. Which was Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, but yeah. They called him, I thought that was odd. They call him Shaquille. Like Shockmaster just turned heel. <laughs> he is none other than the Shock Heel. <laughs> Ball doesn't burst because 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 he's he's holding out for more money. Boo, he's a heel anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just riffing at this point. So Diesel kills Mike Moraldo and he kills Mike Moraldo. Finishes with a painful looking jackknife. Now that's how you squash a guy. Yeah, that his jackknife looked phenomenal. Yeah, Marauder took it like a champ. He really, really flipping did. So it built Diesel up nicely for Bret Hart in five weeks. He went from Vinny Vegas one year ago to being the biggest badass on the on the roster right now in WWE. All of a sudden, Kevin Nash is a very scary man. Isn't he just? Isn't he just? Guy's barely a four-year pro at this point. He's already like 34, 35 years old. Is, is that yet, all he is? Like, oh, that's worrying. Well, that's uh, he got a late start. He just he, he just brought him because he's a big guy in WCW. He debuted when he was like thirty-one years old, thirty-one-year-old rookie. Gosh. So yeah, it's. He he's going a long though, way. He, to... You can tell immediately he's going to be a future champ. All he needs is guys who can just who can just bounce off of him and bump off all of his moves, and he's good to go. As long as he gets, basically, in other words, as long as he gets Brett and Sean around, he's fine. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But it's he's got a he's got a date with Bret Hart in a, in a short while anyway. Yeah, not much of a feud there, but hey, it's Brett versus Diesel should be a pretty good match. We have an Undertaker sighting at a gas station. <laughs> this guy was an incredible mullet. This guy looked like he just woken up from a bin. Probably. He looked like hell. His mullet was too mullety even for 1994. <laughs> he was just like he had horrible mucky hands and a ripped up shirt. He looked like death. So, well, yes, he uh, he he did look a little bit um. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, out of sorts. That's three words, but... <laughs> he says, Taker came riding up on a hearse. Past the gas station, and then it just vanished. Hearse surfing! <laughs> yeah, he, he, he surfer take Odyssey. Whoa! That is a reference! <laughs> Hang ten. <laughs> Hang loose. <laughs> Taker's going to steal Kona Crush's gimmick. <laughs> I like to think that Undertaker went past riding on top of the hearse going, Party on! <laughs> He's a surf ninja. <laughs> so now we come to a segment that I'm not sure landed properly. It is the yeah, King's Court. Yeah, this is interesting. It is the King's Court. We start off with Lawler trashing Piper as he's been wanting to do the last few weeks. Claims had to, he claims that Piper had to wear a kilt in order to get out of military duty, which I think is a reference to M.A.S.H. Um, so we, when we go to break, we come back, and in the ring are DiBiase and Nikolai, who is not wrestling, but he is wearing his 1990 garb, his American-slash-Russian flag jacket, and his tights and boots, plus his hat, which is very important to this. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of awkward-looking. I feel like he's hosting the 1990 Survivor Series in this ring right now, but that certainly isn't the case. Apparently, DiBiase has bought Nikolai's services because Nikolai's broke. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's apparently the case. They referenced this last week. Was it last week or the week before when he was on? talking to Jerry Lawler, and they referenced the fact that Nikolai was very poor. It was pretty recently, yes. Mm. And Nikolai informed DiBiase, I hate you. His word's not mine. <laughs> Which is what you do when someone's paying you. Well, yeah, Nikolai's is... He was the original Stone Cold Nikolai. <laughs> Nikolai 316. <laughs> Says I just sang the anthem. <laughs> John! Would Volkov McMahon have been the big feud of 98 had it come to pass? Would it have been even bigger than Austin McMahon? Volkov dominating the corporation would have been a sight to see. Dropping stunners Mike Tyson. everywhere. Him confronting Mike Tyson. <laughs> Volkov hit Tyson! Volkov hit Tyson! <laughs> I hate you. Women all over. Oliver Sports Center. <laughs> This hot young talent, Nikolai Volkov. It's after Nikolai's declaration that Vince goes, a lot of people hate their bosses. <laughs> Apparently. Volkov being humiliated made me a bit sad because he genuinely looked like he was sad about it all. Yes. The point, the, um, point of the segment is that DiBiase, well, first he tears Nikolai's hat off. Thank God that it was not a good look for him. Vince actually screams "Hit him!" a bunch of times, like he's in the crowd of the Springer taping. DBS has a new outfit for Nikolai since he's gonna be working for him. He has to wear a uniform. He gives him similar tights to what DBS used to wear, but instead of dollar signs on the side, there are signs. And on the back of the head, this says "Property of Million Dollar Man." Come on, that's pretty funny. You got it. It is. It's. It's good. I, it was subtle comedy that I think really was was very much working for me. I like. I like the concept of it because they they did dredge this idea up a little while later when they had um, Shawn Michaels run out of money and have to work for JBL. Well, yeah, but that's a little bit different because one is Shawn Michaels and the other is Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I mean, who would doubt the work rate of Nikolai Volkov? The problem with the story is that uh, it's a great idea for an angle, but you could add someone a lot better than Nikolai play the man who needs a job. I was intrigued why they chose Nikolai. Maybe it's because of his naturally sad eyes. <laughs> I want somebody with the saddest eyes. <laughs> sad eyes. Sad eyes. Sad eyes. Sad eyes. <laughs> Nikolai is Roman Reigns now. He did. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't think anybody has put over Roman Reigns like we have in the last five minutes, calling him Steve Austin and Roman Roman Reigns. <laughs> We're trying to big him up for this. <laughs> oh, man. So... Did you notice there was a, a lovely little line that was dropped during this by, um, by one... Jerry, the, no, by one Vince McMahon on commentary. Was it when he mentioned the name of a certain power lifter? Ah, yes. Did you pick that up too? I certainly did because they were putting over how proud Nikolai was in his day. That this has to be so hard for him to debase uh, himself like this. Because he was, he was a power lifter, damn it. When he was 18 years old, he was, he was, he was, he was military pressing 400 pounds. And Vince mentions a current Olympic hopeful, some guy named Mark Henry. Ah, oh, man. That was cool. Do you want to know what Mark Henry's been up to? These days or back then? Back then, at this point. Go ahead. So Mark Henry, at the age of 19, uh, had qualified 
for the weightlifting competition. This is in the Summer Olympics in 92. He finished 10th overall. Ten months before that, he started training uh, to to get into Olympics. So he hadn't been doing it that long before he entered and won a flipping He came bloody 10th. Uh, he was also uh, part of the USA Weightlifting American Open and mm-hmm. took part as well in the US Olympic Festival Championships in 93 and in 1994. He was very much like America's great hope for the weightlifting world at this point. That's my so, cousin right there. Who, Mark Henry? Yes, well, all his Henrys are related. Of, of course, of course. That makes perfect sense. It is pretty weird, though, to, uh, just to, see, to hear him name drop like that and just... I mean, it's in context, but... Knowing that in, a, in 17 years, he'd, he'd be heavyweight champion of the world it's after being Bob Orton's son. And it would be... I, I imagine that by this point, they were already sort of putting the feelers out about him. Like, judging by a guy would, who looks like that, like, would move very well into wrestling. It's funny how there was two Olympians in 96 that Vince uh, brought in eventually. It's true, isn't it? It was something about that, li- that year in the Olympics. There was something in the water. Yeah. It's not just true, it's damn true. So Volkov, is is this the beginning of the Million Dollar Corporation? Yes, this is the, this was the budding um, tree that was Million Dollar Corporation starting to sprout out of the ground now. This is Ted DiBiase forming himself a gang of, uh, a gang of folk. See, I seem to remember that uh, Nikolai Volkov was a part of the Million Dollar Corporation all the way through. And uh, he would come round to the idea. Let's just say that much. Yeah, there was no real face turn after that. Like, no memory. He finally has enough of DiBiase and starts fighting back. See, that's why I'm thinking, had you had a younger guy doing it, someone who could actually still go, you could have him, you know, have him, you know, finally tire of DiBiase's you know, BS and start fighting all the corporation guys in order, in order to put them all down. Someone like... Uh, Maybe one, two, three kid would have been good for that role. Someone who's young and needs the money. I think the kid would have support. been a much better choice for this role. I think I've, I've even written down here that I thought the kid would be a better choice. Yeah. And then one day he has enough and it finally snaps and this goes after everybody in the group. Exactly. That'd be great. It would have been great. Shame we didn't get it. So, yes, this was like, this was like a. It, it was just humiliation for the sake of it and Nikolai just. It was kind of uncomfortable to watch. You are right about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a weird one. We have uh, we have a bumper photo for the next match with with Owen Hart in it. it. Says Owen Hart in action. Vince says we'll be back with action while ignoring Owen completely. Oh. See Owen. See Owen is the shadow of Brett. This is why he's so <laughs> mad. <laughs> I feel bad. Owen uh, was on good form tonight once he got in the ring. Yes, Owen Hart versus Tony Roy. It's here that Vince tells us the Savage is the future Hall of Famer. Granted, it'll be posthumous, although nobody knew that at the time. Yeah. And and if Vince runs down the Hall of Fame class for 1994, let me just pull that up real quick. I know Gorilla Monsoon was in it. Yeah, uh, Jay Strongbow, Jay Strongbow, Freddie Blassie, Gorilla Monsoon, uh, Bobo Brazil, Buddy Rogers, and James Dudley being inducted at the Omni Inn Harbor Hotel. <laughs> you know, Sean Waltman had a very funny story about that Hall of Fame ceremony. Okay. Apparently, I, I can't remember. It, I can't recall if Brett inducted somebody or he just um, he just gave a speech at the Hall of Fame. But during his speech, he. He talked about the future of the company and all those guys and who are tomorrow stars, you know, the, of the true new generation. And uh, Waltman was told before the speech was announced, "Now, Brett's going to put you guys over. So when he when he gets to that point, you know, get up and really applaud to make sure that he knows that, uh, you know, to make to really emphasize the moment and make it bigger." So Brett comes to the speech or part of the speech where he puts Sean Waltman over, like in the future. And Sean Waltman jumps up and goes, yeah, and starts clapping really loudly. But he's the only guy in the room doing it. Oh, bless him. Everybody else is just sitting there smiling. He's like, son of a bitch. He's been oh. a kid he was had. That's pretty funny, though, you got to admit. 
head that of his own funny. fan club. That is funny. <laughs> it's good rib, good clean rib. Nobody got hurt. Like a Mr. Fuji rib, but it was like scorched earth. <laughs> so Owen in this match is showing a lot more aggression because he's still mad that Brett's a champion and feels like he has more to prove. Wants to win the King of the Ring, and he'll have his chance at winning the King of the Ring. It's during this match, Vince has Savage plug the movie broadcast news airing on USA, which Savage does not bungle at all. He actually gets Savage. Yeah, this is like a it's a pretty big turning point moment for Randy Savage here. He's able to do which will serve him well in the future when he when he stays on commentary for the next six months and does not move the team back to the ring at all. Oh, good, Randy. You're getting you're getting better at this. This is good. This is your permanent job. You're one of the all time greats. Just stab him in the back some more, by don't you? Uh, Tony Roy gets control late in the match. He misses a drop kick. Owen puts him in the sharpshooter. That finished him off. Funny spot here. I'm not sure if you saw this. When Owen flipped Tony Roy into the sharpshooter, referee Tim White got down onto the mat to ask as Roy to submit. Literally before Roy he even a... started. No, 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 no. Not that, not that. Roy was about two feet from the ropes. Tim White got in his way and blocked his path to the ropes. You know what? I never spotted that. Tim, Tim White, White was scumbag. What is your referees in the sharpshooter and screwing guys over? <laughs> With a heart involved. <laughs> Roy screwed Roy. Oh. And, and he's got to look in the mirror every day and realize that. He looks better in the mirror with Bret Hart with Owen Hart's glasses on, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got a nice creepy visual after the match where Owen... Keeps beating Roy up. He hits him with a spinning heel kick. Owen came out with Brett's Mylar sunglasses, so he takes him, puts him on Roy's head while he's, while he's laying there hurt, and then it, and it holds his head up for the camera while Roy's giving this crooked sort of grimace. It's a very creepy-looking visual. It's like a Brett Hart Halloween mask. It it's, was good. It, I liked it. I liked that a lot. I thought it, what, it, it seems like a beautifully healy thing to do for Owen Hart. To, to basically dress up his opponent like his brother and beat him up some it's more. Be- it's butimous, even. It is butimous, actually. <laughs> but but very disturbing, nonetheless. Not p- pure nightmare fuel. I'm not saying Tony Roy's ugly or anything, but that was just... It was a weird-looking pan in there. Well, it's not nightmare fuel if you've got somewhere really nice to sleep. Uh, yes, as we learn with Duke the Dumpster Drosy, we learn he sleeps in his trash truck. Of course he does! Of course he does! This is, this is funny. This like, cut to a garbage <laughs> truck inside, there's Duke Drosy, Duke Drosy, lying on a cardboard box with his head on a bin bag, and oh, you've woke me up! Because of course, all garbage men sleep in their truck. Yes, they're all poor, they're all <laughs> homeless. It's like, why couldn't Duke have been DiBiase's get? <laughs> exactly! This makes more sense! Drosy going, oh, I'd love to live in a house one day. <laughs> DiBiase, help me! <laughs> I'd love to brush my teeth with a clean toothbrush for a change. <laughs> I like to not sleep in my own fetid undergarments. Please help me, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> it's a good word, fetid. Fetid, in it? It's good. It's a good lad. Strong word. <laughs> so so Duke's very happy with his lot in life, sleeping in garbage trucks and and getting uh, expensive vignettes produced about him. It's like, <laughs> instead of producing the vignette, can I have the money instead? Yeah, I, it's saying, can I just get like a, a can I get a, a signing on bonus for WWF just so I can afford at least like a a, a, a bath? <laughs> should I just at least get a signing on bonus where I can afford to go and have a bath? Wait, how much does a bath cost where you live? <laughs> $499. I was going to say. Whatever the signing on bonus of Duke Grossi is. Signing bonus, like they had those in 1994. <laughs> the signing bonus was a <laughs> was a handshake from Vince McMahon. Hey, do I get points? Yeah, I'll point to the door if you ask that question again. <laughs> you get this free pen so, that you signed with from the head pen. Hey! So the ropes come down because it is time for our main event. Oh, get in! 
you, I know you're excited for this. I'm really pumped for this. Like, I, like since I saw the uh, the thumbnail when, when we moved to '94 on the <laughs> WWE Network, I was I saw this thumbnail. I thought, oh, I'm excited for this one, and I'm not going to watch it until it's time to get there, so I can fully enjoy it. And you we know what? Didn't let me down. We haven't done this justice, but they've plugged this through the entire show. Vincent, Vincent Savage every five minutes worked this in. Like the most important match in the history of time and space. They have a real Aki boner for this match. <laughs> but I first, like that, I like that. <laughs> well, that's, how else would you describe it? <laughs> if your Aki boner lasts more than four hours, consult your doctor immediately. This is the part of the podcast where, as wrestling fans, we were obliged to tell you to take Blue Chew because that's <laughs> what helps Jim Ross get an erection. <laughs> That's what you chat need. Me. Chat me up. Why do cinema matches make me horny naturally? <laughs> well, that's because I have blue chew before. <laughs> Don't forget, kids, blue chew give you blue balls. <laughs> There's a lot of sweat in this match there, JR. I don't know why <laughs> I need to hear about Jim Ross and the tablets he takes to get an erection. Like, <laughs> I don't it's... know why I need that. Because it's funny. I don't want to know about J.R. Stiffy. I don't. Because he's the commentator I grew up watching. I don't need to know that J.R. Well, in case I meet a woman at A.E.D.U.B., I can go at it with her. Thank you to Blue Chew. Can you imagine Gorilla Monster if he had a podcast plugging Blue Chew? <laughs> boy, uh, boy, boy the episodes of All American. in a hurry. <laughs> That would give you Cedric headache number 35. <laughs> I got Bluetooth headache number 39 from too much sex. <laughs> That's two headaches at once. Can you imagine JR, like, at a bar? <laughs> a sp- and I'm not, I am not one. I am not one to deny Jim Ross a little bit of, you know, the old Al's your father. I'm not. <laughs> he's, a- he's allowed. He is a man and he has urges. Imagine JR at the bar, having a drink, you know, whatever he drinks, I don't know, barbecue sauce. And he's having a drink. <laughs> he's having a drink. And he spies a woman, you know, all right looking woman at the bar. And he's like, oh, hmm. And he sort of tips his steps at her. And then she watches him reach, <laughs> reach into his jacket pocket, pull out a little foil cube. <laughs> Pop, pop a little pill out in a not very discreet fashion in a really undiscreet fashion just pop it in his mouth have a little walks over to him still chewing so how you doing figuring like I've got about half an hour to chatter up <laughs> you want to play limbo <laughs> Well, speaking of limbo, next week's show may be in a bit of limbo. Oh. Because, we, as you see, we plugged the King of the Ring qualifying match. Earthquake versus Owen Hart. Okay. So, uh, that's fine, because Earthquake's in the main event. I don't, well, see a problem. I don't see a problem with this at all. You're excited for Quake versus Owen? Mate, I cannot wait. I'm hoping that Earthquake wins this match and the momentum carries him to next week where he'll face Owen Hart. I cannot see a single problem on the horizon for this bit of the company. Well, since Quake's going to be there next week to fight versus Owen Hart, it's probably very germane that we put him over so strongly here, right? Absolutely. You'll put him in there with Owen Hart. So I definitely want Earthquake to look really strong going into next week. Well, let's make sure that happens here. Yokozuna versus Earthquake. You know, we probably should have kept the Jim Ross talk going because Randy Savage gets a very disquieting line here. When he when he tells Vince, I know another word for girth. <laughs> That's, that is the line that JR uses on the aforementioned woman at the bar just as he's <laughs> getting that little tinfoil square out of his top pocket. <laughs> that and Boomer sooner thank me later. We have Earthquake entering in a traditional robe and slippers, which is a very weird look for him. You're just used to the singlet, or if you're an Attitude Era fan, the Golga mask. (laughs) 
the ropes times. are indeed good down times, for this match. Good times. I can see with the ropes down, these two seem even bigger. They do, don't they? That's why I really like it. Because they just look like beasts in there. Yeah, Quake is wearing a... He's basically wearing Yoko's outfit, except oh, yeah. it's green. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's like it's like alternate custom characters in a, in a beat-em-up game. <laughs> yes, the different, different colored sprites. <laughs> it's like if you both select Ken in Street Fighter... You one of you has to play as normal coloured Ken, the other has to play as alternative attire Ken. With a beard. <laughs> With a beard. <laughs> and a bit more fat. So we get the dual sumo poses. Savage informs us that this is the most green and red he's ever seen in his life. Probably he's never been in the Nyquil Isle at a, at a drugstore. <laughs> he's probably never been on some grass. If possibly. The savage is a uh, savage. He's bewitched by everything here. Vince tells us that Yokozuna means grandmaster. Close. Yeah, good effort. And my favorite rapper is a Yokozuna Flash. <laughs> John. I hope to be a, a chess Yokozuna one day. <laughs> like Gary Kasparov <laughs> or Bobby Fischer or whoever my favourite tag team from the late 90s was Too Cool Scotty Too Hotty and Yokozuna Sexay now that's an image for you you're welcome <laughs> so <laughs> Savage is is beyond excited by this match he is he Yoko... is almost priapic about this match to be honest like he has had some blue chew himself <laughs> I hope it's over within four hours <laughs> I hope it's not <laughs> so, so Yoko and, and Quake going into the squats and, you know they're trying to have, have a little stare down trying to you know suck the other one out and they get up and walk back and grab some more salt out of the buckets to purify the ring I like the salt stuff. So, so is the canvas blind now? I mean, that's a lot of salt. I, I assume now the canvas <laughs> can't see anything. And the referee, I, I like to think that the ref, just having like a little moment where like he's been uh, backstage said, now, if you see Yokozuna going for salt, you've got to disqualify him. <laughs> and he's got stressed. And he's just sitting it. And he's just going, oh, ding, 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 ring the bell. You got salt. <laughs> oh, my God, no, not in this match. Oh, okay. He's taking it too literally. Hold on. He's taking it far too literally. I mean, it's a lot of salt for one canvas, but I'm I'm not a big sumo fan, so I can't really judge if this is normal or not. I assume it is. I think it is. So we go back to so we go back to the stalling and the poses. They keep squatting down. The savage is like, and then they get up and grab some more salt. This is like the. This is one hell of a cock tease match. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, there's the, the, it's like they forgot. Like, okay, on the fourth one they collide. And after third, we're like, that's a, that's a, like, oh my god, are they mad? This is gonna. Are they getting more salt? <laughs> I think Larry Zabisco was the agent for this match. <laughs> what? Because the amount of salt. <laughs> Maybe they stalled for the first ten minutes. All oh, right, <laughs> I thought he liked a lot of salt. <laughs> There's a lot of stalling, but I feel like I, what I feel like the crowd is. I feel like the crowd is into it. Though. Well, yeah, I mean, well, not. I mean, not during the stalling portion, but I'll tell you what. When the actual match began and and, and they started jockeying for position with each other, they had the crowd hook, line, and sinker. They really did. They collide. They go into like the waist locker, pulling each other's mawashis, trying to pull each other toward the. Uh, toward the void of nothingness to throw each other out. This is like... Have you seen the blindfold match in WrestleMania 7? Yeah! I thought that was re that was that was one of those matches where the crowd really made it. Because well. if you've never seen it, it's Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel. Both of them have hoods on where they supposedly can't see. And, but they're going to help Jake because he's a baby face. So Jake points across the ring to where he thinks Martel could be. If he's wrong, the crowd boos. Keeps pointing, moving his finger around. When he's finally pointing at Martel, the crowd cheers loudly, so Jake knows where to go. And uh, it's it's so minimalist, but yet the crowd was so into it. 
And that's what this match is right here. Because as Yokozuna has Quake right the teeter off the, the edge of the ring, the crowd is like, no, no. But when Quake reverses it, and there's Yoko in that position, the crowd is losing their minds. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is, they can hold their position for like 30 seconds without having to do any anything other than just hold each other. And the crowd is eating it up. They really are just <laughs> absolutely loving every single second of it. They really are. Like, like this is like house show pacing. Yeah. The crowd is loving it. So, it goes on for a bit. Yokozuna keeps he, he takes control. Crowd crowd starts getting nervous. Quake takes control over, over Yoko. Crowd is losing it. And finally, Quake just kind of shoves Yoko down at the edge of the ring, and Yoko rolls off. Earthquake wins, and the crowd loses their minds. It's it feels like a mania moment. Like even Savage jumps in the ring to hot dog and grandstand for a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say it's Savage like the gatekeeper of endorsing baby faces. He did it with Janetti and a kid earlier this year for the tag titles. I think it's he hilarious because he, he got onto Hogan's ass all the time for doing this to him, and he does it to so many people. I think he's there just like to be the endorser of baby faces at a time when when guys need endorsements, but here Quick needed no endorsement. No, absolutely not. And Earthquake was so elated. He was jumping up and down. He was so happy that he won this. Yoko's humiliated on the floor. He's yelling at Vince. This, this is a really cool moment, biggest, actually. It's the biggest... This has got to be the biggest singles win of Earthquake's career, with the exception of... Did he did he beat Hogan by count-out? Uh, Hogan beat him by count-out, didn't he? Like, he fused yeah, with Hogan initially was, and, and it felt like a big deal but he never really got the comeuppance on hogan did he i was there for that match and he was going to count out he was in philadelphia 1990s SummerSlam. i was did, six years old did it feel like a moment um i was as happy as hogan won because i was a little kid and i was a hulk hogan fan Aww. i had three favorites hulk hogan the ultimate warrior and randy savage nice cliche yeah. but good yeah, they all won. <laughs> yeah, they, they're all winners. I went nuts when the Hart Foundation beat them most for the tag belts because LOD came in. I like that, too. Oh, it was a fun show. Yeah, it was actually a really good show. So, yes, but back to this. Quake, uh, he, he gets the big win here. but And you know that down the line, Yoko's going to try to get his revenge. <laughs> well, obviously, they've just, they've just put Earthquake over the top here. They've just had Earthquake beat... A former WWF champion in, in, in their specialist match. This is huge. Yeah, and uh, you know, they don't. I mean, even though this was taped three weeks ago, I definitely going to bite him in the ass that they would film uh, or air this match on this date. I don't understand and, uh, why. Because you've just created a star in Earthquake. You've, re, you've reinvigorated a classic wrestler from the Golden Era, from the Hulkamania Era. You made him a star. And he's about to fight in the King of the Ring? Like, John Tenter's stock has never been higher. I can't see what the problem is. Well, he's already gone for the company by the time this aired. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> what do you mean he's gone? Well, <laughs> well, what happened was um, <laughs> apparently he had a falling out backstage, and um, he wasn't happy, happy about doing jobs on house shows. Fuck so, God, um, you just beat Yokozuna. Well, he didn't want a job to go on the house shows, and he, uh, well, he lost them a few times. Uh, over the, over the weekend that this show aired, including once in San Jose, California, which we're going to learn a little bit more about on next week's show. But yes, they used that to write him out of the company as Quake quit. Oh, flipping heck. It was, um, I don't know if it was, uh, well, some say it, it was actually injuries that caused him to leave the company. Some say it was actually uh, him just an annoyance with uh, the booking or whatever. By the way, John Tenta is gone and is not coming back for four years. Oh, leave the memories alone. John Tenta's gone. On house shows the following weekend, Yoko's never faced his replacement, which was Typhoon. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's not a bad supplant, I suppose. I, I, I have to read this. This was a... This was the show. This is the first show with Quake being gone from the company. 
This was Fort Myers, Florida on May 19, 1994. This was the card. Bushwhackers versus Heavenly Bodies. Coco Beware versus The Genius. Uh, wait, 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 what? Coco what? Beware versus The Genius in 1994. Okay. Bastion Booger versus The Cuban Assassin. Duke the Dumpster Jersey versus Dave Heath, which is Gangrel. And Yokozuna versus Typhoon. <laughs> no wonder, what? No wonder Kane hates made 19th. It's a flipping horrible day for wrestling. What kind of show is that? <laughs> now, I was on the same day that everybody good was on Long Island for a show as part of the revenge tour, but it's Yokozuna and the B team. <laughs> what the hell kind of show is that? God, what a time. What a, what a weird time for wrestling. Just real fast, here's here's that Long Island show from the same date. Sparky Plug beat Quang. Hedringers beat the Smoking Guns. Mabel beat Bigelow. Alundra Blaze beat Luna Vachon. Doink beat Jarrett. Harvey Wibbleman beat Howard Finkel in a tuxedo match. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Diesel fought Razor to a double countout. Luger beat Crush. And Brett beat Owen. Main event's all right, Brett and Owen. But like, the oh. thing is, right, everybody gives grief saying, like, oh, the Bretton Owen feud didn't didn't draw. But, like, look at what it's under. I know. Like, it's... don't put all this on Bretton Owen when that is the state of your company for the rest of the time. Yeah, just take the L and accept that, you know, Brett can't carry everything. Yeah, exactly. Gee, but she's a loo. What a show that is. <laughs> and what a show this was. Did you enjoy it? It was a. It was good enough. <laughs> I was. I enjoyed. I had deep enjoyment for the sumo match, despite the fact that you know, that earthquake is now done. I had deep enjoyment for that match. I really liked it. You know who would have given Yoko a better match than a sumo match? Go on. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Your old friend Hacksaw. Don't you tell me he's coming back. Uh, Don't you no. tell me he's coming back? I can I, I can dream. Oh, Jesus. So, King of the Ring next week. We continue the road to it. More qualifying matches. Yes, Owen Hart versus Earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The one, major, the one major match they plugged, and half the guy's not here. You see, what happens is Owen puts a restraining order on Earthquake, so, so Kevin Owens replaces him in the match. <laughs> one can hope. One could hope. But hey, look, let's dig into that big old pie of goodness next week. But for now, from the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review, he is at JRH Writing. I am at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at Cultaholic. We will see you next time. Earthquake will miss you, I love you, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 